Good morning, everyone. I know the events of the last few weeks have put some of us on edge. Remember, we are the Greyhound family, and we have always, always taken care of one another. Now, everyone, with me, take a second and breathe. Welcome, welcome back to Carmel Conversations, everybody. I'm your host, Will Courtney, today, and I'm so happy you could make it again because it's been a while since I've done one of these intros again, and I'm probably going to restart them pretty soon because I do like talking to y'all before we actually jump into the interview. But thanks for coming by today. I think it's going to be a really good interview. I got Ethan Meneghini on the show today, which is going to be really exciting. We had a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and I know you're going to enjoy it. But I am one of the main reasons I'm doing this little intro bit today is because we got a lot of views recently. You know, like the last episode that I posted as of like today, I had 10 views on there in like the first day and I was really kind of shocked. So, you know, we're we're gaining some popularity, but something I'm noticing is none of you guys are following me. So you can always make sure to stay up to date with Carmel Conversation News with SoundCloud. So you can just follow me on SoundCloud. That's where you get our notifications to the actual upload itself. And then another great way to find out more about Carmel Conversations news is through our Instagram, at Carmel underscore conversations. Alrighty, but anyways, today we got Ethan Meneghini, like I mentioned. He was a great subject to have on the show today. We talked a lot about a lot of stuff, which you'll hear in just a second. But I've known Ethan ever since I was in second grade when I first moved to Carmel itself. So he's been with me like this whole entire ride through all the downfalls and uphills and whatnot. But Ethan's always been there for me, and he's always been a really interesting character to talk to always so i was really happy to have him on the show today but coming up on the pod today we got the menagini mixdown russia network security crazy and brand promotion everybody please give it up for mr ethan menagini all right are we going all right looks like we're going mr menagini i am more than happy that you showed up today hello I'm more than happy also. Yeah. You showed up very last minute, honestly, because I had an interview scheduled, and he uh, politely declined, and I was quickly shambling for an interview, and you came along, and I'm very happy that you did. Yeah. So, you know, thanks for stopping by. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yes. I think I think you're a great broadcaster Aww. overall. Very, very sweet of you to say, especially yeah. coming from the guy, host of the Menagini Mixdown. Oh, yeah. And nominated for... At least one national award. One for the many game mixed down uh, for IBS, but then two other awards for different things. Yeah. So, yep. Well, congratulations on those fronts. Thank uh, you very much. We have a lot to talk about today. Why? Well, yeah. Um, and I think we're gonna start at the root, right? So oh, I've yeah. known you since second grade, since I moved here. Oh yeah. Um, good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But uh, we're gonna start with kind of like your early life, and because I don't know anything about you before second grade so oh, ethan are you even like a hoosier like are you a native born hoosier? um i not technically uh i was born in chicago i lived there for like roughly two years so i, I always love to consider myself born in chicago i mean i technically was born in chicago but um i i like to consider myself like quote unquote native chicago i just love chicago going back to the city i go off or go back often um but then after that i we my family after i was born or after like two years uh, moved to Minnesota. My sister was born there. And then um, after that, moved to Indiana for two years. I was there like, probably like four or five, maybe five or six. Um, another set of two years. And then we moved to Connecticut. Wow. And then I was there for two years, back to Indiana. That was second grade. That was when I met you. 
after I moved back here. And then it's been here since. So, so where did you start your uh, education? In what state? Uh, Connecticut, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's as far back as I remember, but I remember being in kindergarten back then. So. What was, uh, if you, you know, a long time ago, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have any, like, memories from schools in Connecticut? I remember, like, flooding a urinal, I think. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think that's, like, the only thing I remember from <laughs> kindergarten or first grade. I'll be honest. I think that was it. Um, you flooded it? or I think I did. That or it was somebody else. I probably just, like, pushed the handle too many times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do remember it. It's a very, very vivid memory from back then because I remember where my – it was a very small school. Um I believe it was called Union School, if I remember correctly, and it was like a like a pretty much like long, basically. Like it was, it wasn't as wide as it was long, um, almost like a rectangle box, you know. And so, <laughs> oh and so, well, the like basically like the classes are all on the long sides, and there's just a big hallway in the middle. Um, and so my kindergarten room was here. I was there for a year, obviously, and then the next year I was literally just the root, the door down wow. for first grade. So the ba- it was the same bathroom every year <laughs> that I would go to, at least for those two years. Um, so I, I just remember the bathroom very vividly. And and you would just flood it. Uh, well, not often. At least <laughs> once. Uh, <laughs> uh, so from from Connecticut, you moved to Carmel. Is that correct? Yeah, from Connecticut, I moved to moved to Carmel. Yeah. And then, if I'm correct, you went to Collegewood Elementary. Yes, of course. So how did Collegewood, if you can remember, obviously, yeah. how, how did Collegewood kind of differ from your uh, Union School? Well, I didn't remember too much of Union School, mostly because I was only there for two years, mm-hmm. and kindergarten isn't that, you know, crazy for a, a school year. In first grade, I, I was like, yo. I would beg to differ. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's probably just because I don't remember. I mean, that's like the big disconnect, is I only remember mostly being here, and then it was mm-hmm. like every now and then, you know, flooding the urinal, and then something else. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, every now and then on out in Connecticut, but, uh, you know, I... I guess it's just that kindergarten always seems like more loose to me, but it's probably just because of the disconnect. So, you know, it was just a lot different, I guess. A lot smaller than Collegewood was even. Not necessarily, I mean, the Union School had multiple floors. They had, like, they had K through 6. Wow. Or uh, whatever they do there. It might be 5. I can't remember. It was all, like, vertical. So, obviously, Collegewood is, like, just one floor flat. Mm -hmm. So, that's, I guess that's a physical difference. But actually... On like a learning basis, I guess there's not much that I can really remember in terms of differences. So I was just being a kid. So. Yeah. Uh, so what were some of your favorite highlights of Collegewood then? Ooh man, Cause there's a lot. I met you. I met a couple of my best friends then. Um, some of those best friends ha- didn't end up being best friends for that long. I I, um, I can definitely think of some people. I think. Yeah, I know. Um, one of my my, my best friend also named I- Ethan at the time. Um, oh yeah. Then moved away after we went to middle school. Uh, I still talk to him every now and then. Yeah, me too. Um, obviously, of course, but you know, somebody else came along a couple years after. Is that who I think it is? Chris Elmore. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The one, the only. Of course, the one and the only. Yeah. yeah. Um, he came along, but the, you know, elementary school. I had a lot of great friends out there. I obviously met you. I met Nikki B. Nick Beckman. Um, <laughs> Nikki B. Oh yeah. I met Nick out there. Um, yeah, I met Nick in elementary school, and that was. He's, he's stuck with it for a while too obviously you have um so i i just i think i remember having doing a lot of things with my friends i think the biggest memory i had out in elementary school was pokemon trading yeah i was gonna actually say that recess was also very fun i remember going out to the playground a lot and doing things out there yeah. you know tag whatever mm-hmm. 
and then it was Pokemon cards yeah. all the time. You would and I, you what? would bring out your your big old binder, of dude. Pokemon I still cards have it during recess. I recovered it. I found it like somewhere uh, a couple months ago. I was like, yo. I got so many good cards, and and I I just you know I, I reminisce on the days when when Pokemon wasn't like bad because mm-hmm. I, I I mean obviously Pokemon's still good as, as a thing but I just I a lot of their I feel like personally a lot of their art styles have been diminishing over the last couple of generations yeah and so I, I just like to open up that binder and reminisce on when like the, what the old cards used to look mm-hmm. like way back when we were still trading and everything like that but yeah we we'd come to school and trade cards battle things i'd bring like a battle mat other people would bring the battle mats yep. i'd be i wouldn't know how to be playing the game at all but i'd just be like you know dude i just attacked you 20 health man your your pokemon's gone yeah and i, I just Get won the out. game yeah I, I, mean, I don't even know i didn't even know what numbers were i mean you know just trading pokemon cards and everything so there was a solid year it would have to be third grade i believe there was a solid year where i absolutely despised you right yeah so <laughs> i think a lot of people have those years. yeah <laughs> um so that that one year you the year prior you were all about pokemon pokemon was like the greatest thing and yeah. i didn't have any pokemon cards and i was like i want to be like ethan <laughs> I be like me. so i <laughs> i went out and i bought so many pokemon cards over the summer and i had the biggest collection i was like dude i'm actually gonna kick ethan Minigini's butt and I show up, and I'm like, Ethan, look at all these Pokemon cards. He's like, we don't play Pokemon Bro, anymore. Bro, Pokemon's no more. We yeah. play Bakugan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then it got Bakugan, and then by the time Bakugan was yeah. done, it was Beyblade. Oh, man. I was constantly behind. My brother my brother uses Beyblades now. I'm like, my, I, I put all my they old Beyblades in a bag. Like, like the metal ring, like everything just in a bag. And then he was like, yo, I can <laughs> use these. These are lit. I know. Give oh, me. Don't use that. Lit. Oh, boy. Lit. Oh, boy. You can use it ironically if you're if you make it funny enough, but like yeah, I, it was it was like it was Bakugan and, and Beyblade. It was all the 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 anime games and stuff like that. And um, manga. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know everything that's extended into my interest now. I still love Pokemon. I kind of didn't do much with it coming from coming out of like elementary school. Um, I elementary school I played a ton of the video games, mm. DS games. I played uh, Pokemon Black and White. That I was played the Black. Best. I played Black eight times. I think seven wow. times through. Um. Like like liter- genuinely through, and then I started mm. cheating the, the ones at the end because I, I just wanted the shinies, yeah, um, see what they looked like, uh, and then then I like I would play. I think I played Soul Silver and Heart Gold each like seven times. I played I played those like full so many times. Um, I didn't actually know any of like the indiscriminate like like things that you could actually do. I'd play them the way I played them before, mm-hmm. trying to find new things maybe, but like now that I've like emulated them as a teenager and known enough about you know computers and everything. Emulating the games and going through like how do I you know how do I catch you know some crazy legendary in the game, and and then it's like yo this Pokemon was in the game like how I never knew that this was a path that you could take, so that's cool. But yeah, those uh, they say that's the biggest memory is is really Pokemon. I think it's the biggest one. Yeah, Pokemon was a really big part of my childhood for sure, and I mean it did really have to do with you probably. Could um, be, and you absolutely destroyed me. You're like, welcome. You destroyed my heart. You're welcome. And I am surprised that I have recovered from it. <laughs> I, st- I still do it to this day. <laughs> but um, so we just mentioned kind of the positive memories that we had as kids. Oh, um, yeah. What are some of the more negative memories, if you can remember any? Or were you just 24-7 vibing? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, maybe getting sad every once in a while. I mean, right now, in my state of mind, the last like maybe year and then like half of sophomore year i've i've become less of a person to that that gets upset with like bad grades 
you know, I, I, I accept as they come because I know the work I put into them translates into the grade I get. Um, I've kind of accepted that. And when I was in elementary school, dude, I would like lose my mind if I got anything that was bad, mostly out of fear that my parents would be very upset with me. Um, later did I come to realize that that doesn't really matter as much, but I think is, is probably that. I mean, I, I remember getting a, like a terrible grade on like a test in like probably fourth or fifth grade and I was crying and everything <laughs> bawling out. Um, to the teacher. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it was also that could also have been because I, I didn't want to like look like an idiot to my teacher. Um, but dude, fifth grade me is I've had a, a ton of different phases, man. <laughs> I'm I'm like I've been like four different people from the time from like like first grade to now. So yeah, I think the bad memories are probably coming from like educational things, academic things. Still where the 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 harsh memories are for me, but probably that. Why do you think grades aren't as important to you anymore? Oh, they're still they're still very important. If they're equally important, I'd say they're still very important uh, to me. I'd say, but I'd say I have accepted not getting. I, I think my acceptance for what I the effort I put in and things have changed because I do a lot more outside of academics now, and I want to put effort into a whole lot of those things. So if I take time out for something and maybe academics somewhere a little bit or suffer a little bit for that. That's fine. I've kind of changed my, my acceptance for it, I guess you could say, or tolerance, maybe. What type of stuff do you do outside of school? Well, I'm a music producer and a DJ. Oh, uh, boy. Musician, I would say. my Probably my favorite thing, um, music, all the time. Love it. Listen to it all the time. Make it all a lot. Um, so that's I, – I game quite a bit with my friends. That's typically my evening activity is, is gaming for hours until, you know, late – late a.m. hours and going to bed late on weekends at least i don't do that <laughs> i don't game really during the weekdays but yeah um building computers is fun i don't get enough chance i don't get enough chances to do it at home because obviously building computers from scratch is expensive uh at least if you're building like modern parts you know whatever i wouldn't uh, even a full computer from like 10 years ago is still going to cost you probably over a hundred dollars maybe um if you're building it yourself but the i like building computers a lot doing computer stuff like uh, I've dabbled in ethical hacking a little bit, um, like network security, stuff like that. Um, just computer tech stuff is really fun to me as well. So a lot of that, that's, that's really those two big things. It's just like computer ga computers gaming. And I kind of blend those two together too because like th really the, the biggest way that you can test a computer that you build is like gaming because that has loads on almost every aspect of the computer. So, or is taxing on almost every access, mm. uh, you know, every point of the computer. Uh, so gaming and, and computers, they tend to put hand in hand or, or tend to blend them together, but it's that in music. So pretty much how, those two things. So how do you get into, because you mentioned a lot of that technology aspect there yeah. and, and you know, a lot of it, I honestly can't keep up with. Like, I yeah. just don't really know a lot of the terms that you're saying. So how, how does someone, and you've been doing this for a very long time. How does someone at, at whichever age you were, when you really dived into being, this, uh, for lack of a better word, tech geek. Oh yeah. Um, how how did you really jump into that? I think my interest started with Linus Tech Tips. I don't know if you oh. know who that is, but he's a YouTuber. Um, he had done a lot of like basically he started out solo, um, like doing videos for like a company that he worked for, and then it expanded into him doing his own channel. And uh, after not being in that job anymore, I believe, and then the now he has Linus Media Group and they have like four different YouTube channels just making videos Jeez. all of them tech related or most of them tech related I think because um, I know he has Linus Tech Tips and then Tech Quickie and then Tech Linked and Tech Linked does the tech news which is cool to stay in the loop of technological things that are happening 
Um, and then tech quickie is like learning informational things. So a lot of like informational things I've, I've learned quickly, you could say, from that partially. Um, a lot of it was taking classes too. Um, like I took computer tech support my freshman year. So three or two years ago, I guess. Um, and that kind of expanded on my interest in building a computer. And that freshman year, I built a computer. That was my first computer that I built. Um, and then it's kind of like just, it, it's mostly that. My interest started with Linus and then he's, a lot of the videos build on like so many different things. So it's kind of like gradually learning. I, I've, I've literally like watched some of his videos like at least once a day since like eighth grade. Wow. Or I, I he's the only YouTuber I watch like all the time because um, they upload daily. So, you know quite frequently but i'd say that's the biggest part of where the interest started and keeping up with it is is just kind of realizing that it advances very fast in the modern day it's not about like raw speed that advances because we're kind of hitting a floor for that or a ceiling for that um but it's like what new things are coming out of technology and that's like kind of the cool thing i guess it's it's just i don't know staying in the loop is kind of different i don't really watch the news sure. so i had i staying in the loop is um kind of i don't i don't know how i actually do it but i i guess it's just being involved with it often and keeping with it so what type of stuff do you think that you've learned through that um i don't really know the word the that in influencer i, I guess you could I, say. I, I hate using that word i so do much. too <laughs> uh, i don't i the so i i'll use youtuber honestly because i think that's what probably would best describe linus him. yeah linus oh totally yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um how content creator you could say yeah content creator is a good one um how would that individual i suppose because i can't think of nouns anymore right um how has he kind of affected how you would stay in the loop on this information. Like what certain information have you learned that you think um, if you were just watching CNN, Fox, whatever, that you wouldn't have learned if you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just tech related stuff. I mean, the videos do different things, but it's it's a lot of the videos. He I mean, he gets sent like new products from big companies. Uh, I don't think he gets sent anything from Apple that he has to buy them himself. A lot of companies will send him products or he buys them. I, I don't necessarily know. A lot of them are, are like sponsored. Um, but like with the phones, they'll talk about new laptops, new phones. And usually those new phones involve new technology. And so then it's like, OK, well, I learned that this new thing just happened. Um, like the let's say the, the most recent Samsung phone that they just unveiled, the um, S20, the Galaxy S20. Has like a it has like four times the megapixel count of the uh, the most recent iPhone camera. So we went from like 24 on the iPhone 11 to 108 megapixels, something like that, on the the new Samsung phone. So it's kind of like okay, well they're using a new super crazy uh, uh, visual processing system or something like that in the phone. So then it's like that they they talk about new products that have new technological things. So I think that it, it kind of evolves like that. What's probably one of the most interesting pieces of news that you learned about technology through uh, Linus? Um, most recent, uh, the, the most recent one I can remember that I talked about with a friend is they they talked about a video where Russia was like either in talks or talking of had done. They basically had been building their own proprietary internet. So what? So what? The, what is that? The internet is a protocol. Like the internet is just like basically what runs on hardware sort of it's how th the iot the internet of things that's the word that you use for like devices an iot device um that actually is connected to the internet um like they all communicate worldwide basically and so i guess they talked about it in in tech uh 
Tech Linked, where their tech news segment, and they talked about how it had basically Russia had basically like been like developing their own proprietary version of the internet, which people just I mean they use the internet because that's all that they know for what it is, but it is a term for a protocol that runs, and so the they basically had been like building their own kind of it and then we're just going to separate off from the world with that internet and then have that be on its own in the country so that was like the the coolest thing because i was like well how long did that have to be in development yeah because then they because like it's so also weird to think about like how on a global scale all of that works and how Mm -hmm. long it takes to progress that and things like that so that was one of the probably the, the most unique things that I'd ever learned like that. And at the same time, it's like how individual is it too? Because yeah. you're mentioning that it's Russia, and w- when you're referring to something as big as the internet, right? Yeah. That literally connects the entire world together. So if we're talking about the internet and Russia creating like their own internet, how individual do you think that could be? Individual in what aspect? In what do you mean? the aspect of the Russian civilian that's able to use oh. said Russia, or not not even civilian necessarily, but like. A Russian whoever, yeah, official, president, whatever, how individual do you think that could be without people actually learning what that internet could hold? Yeah. Well, I think I think for the individual, it's it's probably like censorship in, sure. s- in sort of ways. Um, other countries not necessarily have done the same thing, but it's like in similar ways, I guess. Like uh, um, certain restrictions on stuff. Yeah, um, certain restrictions on things that you can see and, and things that probably you can do. Uh, probably the best example of that currently would be China. Yeah, I, um, I'd say so. They're very, very strict about their... Just internet and application censorship, I think. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think with the internet, they'll probably still have access to a lot of major sites, but I think it's part of it is to keep certain things, probably governmental things, inside, maybe would be my guess. Um, there was also information released, not from... not from. Um, I think they talked about it on TechLinked, where it was... Uh, that that like all of the gover- the government computers are running on like software that went that Microsoft had stopped support for like years ago. Wow. Still like it was probably Windows Seven or Windows Vista <laughs> um, that they had stopped support for for years, and and they're still using the software. Those are what we had at our elementary school. Yeah. Which which yeah, and and that's like it's th- that's not necessarily bad if you're using it on your own, but for security reasons, Ooh, that's boy. horrible yeah. because the, the software hasn't developed for yeah. eight years. So you know something like that. I guess for the individual, it's probably just a censorship sort of thing. Um, you probably still have the same access that you would from people outside, besides like what they tell you not to. Do you think at. that these big uh, corporations, and not not even necessarily corporations, like countries as well, like you, like we mentioned, Ru- Russia using Windows Seven computer? Do you think that as um, not not us, but that on- entrepreneurs in Apple and Microsoft and even I'll say Linux, I guess, even yeah, though I don't know if they're big anymore. There, um, I mean, people still use Linux. Right. Do I have you, a spare laptop that uses <laughs> Linux. Do you think that people? should be using those for like their security because the internet holds a lot of secrets obviously oh yeah and the the ease of getting past firewalls is getting smaller and smaller every day yeah it's it's weird because i do a lot of i've i've done a lot of like kind of like research or not necessarily research but just on my own time like learning about network security and stuff like that and the the software is probably it's like the, the the software that you're using to run your computer is the same software that people are developing applications in 
for like hacking or, mm-hmm. or s- very similar. So it's like your your software can only go as far as the hardware goes in a, in a certain way. So like I guess Linux, like you mentioned Linux, uh, Linux has a lot of customizable features. You can do a ton of stuff with it because it's so bare bones. But at the same time, nobody wants to use Linux right. because it was made open source. There's like tons of different variations that have been made by different people. And uh, the user interface is like, for somebody that has used a MacBook forever or has like is getting into computers, it'd be like, well, what am I looking at right now? Like, I don't know. Because a lot of it you have to do in command line, which means instead of, you know, some people might open a like a, you know, an app file or a downloaded like installer file and you run it on Windows and it says like, oh, you're going to install this. And then you, you just hit install and mm-hmm. it installs. For some packages in Linux, you have to like open up the command prompt, which is like a place where you can type in literally type words that are commands that you, you're telling the computer to do. And it understands in Unix, which is like a, a, a type of language that the computer is based off of in a way to keep it in, in layman terms. And then you just do actions with that, with like literally typing and telling the computer, hey, I want you to install, take this file, open it, and then install its contents to this directory. And then, you know, da, 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 da. So it's like, it, it's for somebody that's like, what am I doing right now? You'd have to like follow a guide, yeah. like step by step for that, where you have Apple, you download an app on Apple, like from the app store and it's there, bam, you already have it. Mm-hmm. For, uh, you know, and, and even Windows, it's, it's very similar unless you can, you with Windows, you can like pick, I want to install the fancy way. I often do that. Um, but it's like, you know, it, it's it's kind of like an understanding sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. The security about it is is not... Is different. A lot of security would be not necessarily not necessarily the software you have, but like how you keep yourself safe on the internet. So, using a VPN, a virtual private network, um, which basically for viewers that don't necessarily know what a VPN is, encrypts and basically makes your internet connection or internet connection, um, your internet data that's going that's being sent over uh, the internet uh, unreadable to outside sources, um, but only to the provider that you're using the VPN for. So they're encrypting it, uh, and then it's basically safe from all these prying eyes of you know your inter- internet service provider that is like possibly collecting the data that is being sent. Whereas if you have a VPN, your ISP only sees garbled letters and can't read what you're doing. So it's like that sort of thing. It's like what you do with the software that you have, uh, in a sense, I'd say. Yeah. So I'm actually curious about you know a lot of what we just talked about was network security, right? Yeah. Which is something that is a very 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 new to like the entire world but is absolutely taking it by storm so how does network security work because it's like the most invisible thing in the world but at the same time it's so detrimentally important to thousands of people across the entire world i mean i guess you could talk there's so many different parts about it i mean uh it's like staying safe on on a on a network on on a device for just you and me uh, I guess maybe not even me because I probably take a different approach than other people. <laughs> just a like person that just casually uses their phone and their laptop for watching YouTube, watching Netflix, um, you know, playing a video game every now and then. <laughs> Internet security is a lot of just making sure that you're safe uh, out of out of like possibly like data collection um, that you aren't aware of, or uh, you know, like let's say you install Windows on a new on a new laptop, or you just bought a new laptop with Windows on it. It's not a MacBook. Um, it gives you the option in the beginning, like like nine different toggle options. It's like 
um, you you would think about these things as benefits because that's how they label them. It's like um, you're going to have a – it'll say enable. Uh, they're all enabled by default. Mm. It gives you the option to turn them off, right? One of them will say like, you know, um, have a, a custom advertising ID. We can give you custom advertisements. Well, it's like, yeah, it will be tracking with that advertising ID what you're doing so it can give you – advertising you know things like that and mm -hmm. people don't like don't even think through these and then they're like holy cow you know alexa's listening to me it's <laughs> like yes it has to to yeah. hear what you said right um it's and you know people say like oh my gosh how did how did google pull up an ad for dog food it's like well you looked up dog food like a week ago um <laughs> and, and you know for a while i i had never used a vpn or, or something like that that keeps my data safe uh while i'm just doing things normally and so Basically, what a VPN does is it, like I said, it encrypts your data, but it sends it through a server that's remote, um, different country, different state, something like that. Uh, so normally, if I had if I had one off, you could go somewhere, and it would give you advertisements possibly based on like your location. Right. I could say like, vote in Carmel or something like that. Say it's a, around voting season. It'll For say someone. vote. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> around um, uh, around Carmel or something like that, or in Indiana. Versus like on YouTube, I've been watching the last couple of days or, or since I've had a VPN on on my phone, I'll watch YouTube and it'll be ads for like Wisconsin or ads for some wow. other place because it's actually detecting your location as the remote server. So that's the other thing people don't even realize is like your location is is open completely Jeez. with no protection. Other, other than that, uh, there's also password security. A lot of people think I'm crazy uh, because I have different passwords for everything that I use. Nothing. A lot of people just use the same password. That's horribly unsafe. My parents had done that for a while, and they their credit cards have been hacked multiple times. Jeez. Um, they've uh, multiple times, I'd say, at least as far as I've remembered. Um, and I've never actually had an account of mine hacked. I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood, somewhere out here, because <laughs> um, that's gonna make me feel terrible for talking all this security smack and then getting hacked, right? Totally. <laughs> um, so it's I have like super long, probably anywhere from like. 16 to like 30 character long passwords for everything all of them different all of them sentences long um which basically oh yeah sweet my back do be hurting though gulp we're back oh, oh. mr mr vacuum man stopped by he's done this for literally every single one of the podcasts is it oh yeah well i guess i mean they kind it's of a little small you. sliver Oh, yeah. it is recording. Okay, I see it. Yeah. I was like, whoa, is it actually recording? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, anyways, you were talking about network security? Yeah, I was talking about my, my passwords. Yeah. I uh, I have, like, er basically everything that I have an, an online account for, um, Google, you know, Gmail, whatever, those are the same thing. Um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, Microsoft, Steam, like video game yeah. accounts and, and, and whatever that you need accounts for, that I have a unique password for all of them a lot of times if you have the same password for everything let's say your instagram gets hacked and you're you're obviously <gasps> they can see what i post Ooh. no you know, <laughs> they can um, see my statistics well that's not a horrible thing um but it's like okay what's somebody gonna do with information about uh you know me on instagram it's the Find same thing with hacked. like identity fraud too well, yeah but well well with something like that your instagram is connected to an email most accounts use an, an email mm -hmm. to connect to right and so they can find your email let's say you use the same password for everything there's a like 100 percent chance or very high chance that your um password i mean that that's that was like saying in the situation base but like on an actual global scale of like people that do that there's a very good chance that people use the same 
password for everything, mostly because it's it's something that a lot of people, ease of access, they don't want to do it, uh, make something different, have to memorize it. Um, and they just have the same password for everything. So you you they see your email, they're like, let's try the same password, bam, into the <laughs> email, great. Um, let's try their bank account, because that's likely connected to the same email, password, bam, now I'm access to their bank account, I'm gonna buy everything. So like, you know. I'm buy the world. <laughs> I'm gonna buy everything. So, <laughs> the you know, they, that's kind of where it, it leads into. That's that's if you so that would happen. Now, let's say you have a very simple word, one word. Let's say it's um, turtle, and then like two numbers. Let's say you do what everybody tells you. Let's just say it's a word and a capital letter at the front, capital T, turtle, eighty six. Let's say eighty six. Okay? Um, that's the first thing off the top of my head. Turtle eighty six. Okay. Now it's gonna take. Let's think about how much a computer has to calculate for that. Um, well, if it was all lowercase turtle, it only need 26 characters to think about for the first, what, three, um, three spaces. Yeah. So 26 to the power of six, not a very high number, but a computer like my computer at home that I built, um, for like, you know, how, however much it costs to build, like just a, a teenager's computer at home, uh, is able to guess hashes of that size or guess, um, basically guess that type mm -hmm. of data, um, literally millions of times a second. Right. So sure, twenty six to the power of six, big number, um, but a computer can guess that that space in literally almost instantaneous. And that was with a computer that I have. Think about an industry computer that some guy is actually making money from with profit. He has like four or or you know like literally four high end processors in his computer at once, crunching those numbers. Your password would be gone instantly, or not gone, but cracked instantly. So, uh, you know, now you add a capital letter to turtle, capital T. U R T L or E. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, now you've doubled the possibility of characters because now it has to search through all of the capital alphabet as well. They're technically separate in data. So um, now it's 52 to the power of six. That's another big number, but a computer still can still crack that a lot. All right. Let's add the numbers. Now it's however many spots, 10. There's zero through nine in numbers. Yep. That to the power of two. Um, multiply that times the turtle thing. Okay. That's still a very small number compared to the, like in, in data size. Now let's try my password. Um, let's let's try a, a sentence that I've never actually used before. Um, yo, I love I love Nike sneakers. Um, yo, I love Nike I love sneakers. Nike sneakers, 19,000. Spaces? Um, no space, you don't, I would never use spaces in, in a password. You could, it's technically a what? symbol, but. Um, Why is that? Uh, it just doesn't make sense. I don't yeah. know how you would. It's, aesthetically speaking, that just looks terrible. Yeah, I don't know why I you do that. I agree. Because um, you can use other symbols. Uh -huh. I always end mine. Uh, I, I love how I'm like, telling like what my passwords are, <laughs> like the style. Uh, I, I would recommend like you could put a symbol at the beginning or at the end of the sentence or you know at, at the end, right? So now let's say you add a symbol. There's like mm, there's a good number of symbols that are in. So now you add that ha that big of a library. So now you have a sentence long, 50, 52 different characters of a sentence because each, let's say each word is capitalized um, in the sentence. That's 15 or 16 characters long. And then you have five numbers representing something that maybe is memorable to you. And then you have two exclamation marks or something at the end. Yeah. That's a much bigger number that even for high high end computers is still going to take a long time because it's like exponential how big that number gets. So that's huge. Um, there is a chart I saw online somewhere that was really cool that was showing like how, uh, like basically it would say uh, like vertically it was like the length of characters and then like something else and then it would show you how long it would take and eventually with like a certain number of characters it would take like um, like trillions of years for a computer to actually physically calculate the all of the wow. possibilities for that 
character. But you think, well, um, let's say there, there is 26 characters in the alphabet. There are in the lowercase alphabet. Um, and you have six spaces. Um, there are a lot of different words that could actually fit in that space, or, or a lot of different words that could fit in that six-character space, but a computer right. can generate it so fast. So it's like just being smart with what your passwords are. Sure, they don't have to be terribly long like mine. I'd recommend it, but you they, you don't have to make them that crazy long, right? If they're different from every platform, that's the biggest difference because then they have to start their search all over. A hacker has to start his search all over again. Um there's also, you know, password managers is probably also the biggest thing. Software that, that locally, most times locally, at least for me it is, um, locally meaning it's not stored on a server in their company. It's stored only on your computer that you've installed the app on. Only there. So you have to manually, it's, sure, it's tedious. You have to manually enter all of your passwords, but you don't have to memorize them all. You have one password for the, that unlocks the whole app, and then, like, what, let's say when you turn on your computer, and then when you're in Google... You have to log in. It asks you to log in. It'll do it automatically for you. And that's all only stored on your computer. So it's not out in the wild anywhere uh, stored on, on the, the company's like private servers that they have access to. So it's like there's different things that you can do. But it's it's uh, there's a lot to it, I guess you could say. I think the thing is, is like that makes it sound really intimidating. It takes a little bit. Sure. And it it's, takes some understanding to understand why it's like that. But a lot of times it's worth doing it in the end because nobody's going to get my information. So Yeah, it's it, it's protecting yourself. There's nothing they can really right. do to harm you yeah. other than, oh, I got to punch in five more letters, symbols. Or 20 more, but, you know, or something like that. Five to 20, <laughs> yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. Yep. All right. Well, I did promise I was also going to talk about something more than, uh, than technology. technology. I could go on about both this and music is and what we're going to talk about I think now. you should totally pursue a, a tech podcast because it's a really big industry that's rising up in the podcast but world right now. But notice how much jargon I was using because yeah. I can't say, you know, da 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 da, da. I can't use basic words. I could try, but it wouldn't make any sense, mm -hmm. um, you know. And then using those big jargon words, encryption, uh, VPN, um, hashes. But at like, the same time, you're super good at, at explaining it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's just <laughs> a lot of people. To people can do something, but if they don't know why they're doing it, it's a lot more like I guess you could say angering or frustrating if they yeah. don't know why they're doing it and they're being forced to do it. But if you understand why you're doing it and the benefits it has and what's actually happening under the surface that you don't see, it's pretty compelling. That's a good quote. Nice. We're going to quote that later. Yeah, no, we definitely are. A nice are. picture of me staring off into the sun. <laughs> a little white text under there with the quotations. Just just the, the same shot composition as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Four. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, do we have Alex Farrell on the podcast now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about music. So we, so Alex must be on the podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um, Ethan, you have been into electronic dance music slash dubstep. Long, much longer than tech. I, I much much longer than tech oh yeah i started um producing music when i was nine yeah i say that and that's really just when i started dabbling with things and and then tinkering around with buttons and garage band on my mom's old macbook that is now like super slow the um, graveyard what like 12 years old yeah oh yeah tinkering around with sounds and dropping things in and calling myself a, a, a musician at that point <laughs> making like basically just like making like 12 song albums each with songs like 50 seconds long <laughs> with yeah. all out of like apple loops all sounding the exact yep. same i definitely um, remember that yeah uh and then you know, that just my knowledge on that evolving i've always loved music um for probably my entire life as long as i can remember i've, I've loved music so much so yeah and your brand has also really evolved over time as Quite well a bit. yeah and we're gonna start from the from the very beginning right 
Uh, I nope. don't know when you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like looking back at my, my I, past self. But I know you don't, but I know there's a lot you have yeah. learned from it. You've of taken course. away from oh, it. You have to look back at. You have to look back at things that you've done in the past. Maybe if you don't like them, it, it's still important to look at those because it'll help you grow things in the future. So. On that note, we're going to talk about DJ Krazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. So how how did you come up? Okay. For oh man, you want me to know how you, you want to know how I came up with that name? Yeah. DJ Krazy. So right. for for context, before we jump into this, DJ Krazy, uh, Ethan is like, <laughs> like you mentioned, DJ uh, music producer now as well. Um, but before that, he was I don't know if it was purely dj you also did dabble with some uh recording it was more it was more production at that time and, and less djing djing kind of evolved with with the production as well but i think production has always been the biggest part of of what i do yeah so, so his, his brand name his dj name was known as dj Krazy. it was crazy and then i added the prefix dj to it later yeah so yeah it was it was something it was K- definitely now no 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 i had to be specific with it i'm gonna be specific with it now it had to be lowercase k yep. r capital a z i <laughs> yeah and, and that's the brain of an 8 year old it looked so bad and i know it did and and you, and, you know i i didn't care <laughs> at that time and then i started to and i was like what am i doing with this yeah. why am I? Uh, seventh grade me came along and i was like what is you this? had it in 6th grade yeah wow that was that was when i released my last album under that alias and then i dropped it completely is it still on soundcloud um nope I abandoned the account. All right. Deactivated it. Do you still have those loops though? <sighs> the songs. Well, so I've I'm in the computer space. I'm completely out of the Apple loop because I was on uh, an old hand-me-down MacBook for a while, um, and then I got rid of it probably a year ago when I got a new laptop that was not Apple, and all of the old tracks that I'd produced on there had pretty much died except for the the um, the projects that I still cared about that I was still working on at the time. So. Um, yeah, I think they're probably mostly gone, <laughs> which they deserve to be gone. <laughs> but you know, I uh, I think there's probably still that you could dig around with. I think I I don't know. I have yet to take them down from iTunes. I think they're still on iTunes. They very well could be. Um, I don't think that they are because a lot of my albums right now for for like I said, you know how my parents cards got hacked yeah um because they obviously they weren't using my debit cards at the time of the release of those albums that I, even under the, the current alias they've just been falling off of platforms because they've been charging a card that doesn't exist wow so, yeah at least as far as i'm concerned um with it or at least that's what we've me and my stepdad slash manager slash equipment manager slash old what was transportation um <laughs> uh what we think about it so um, Ro- uh, Seth the roadie. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. He used to he used to cart me around places, carry my equipment. Now I do it all myself. That's cool. So, yeah, but yeah, that's what that's kind of what what we thought of, or at least we we when he ran it by me because I was thought I was talking to him. I probably ran it by him and I was like, yo, nothing's here anymore. <laughs> What's happening? How so. did DJ Krazy come into existence? <sighs> um. So I, uh, <laughs> I think my my, for some reason, um. My family for a while had always called me E-Man. They called me E-Man. I remember this. Um, and uh, I think that had stuck around for a while. I think now they call me E-Man when I'm, like, doing something stupid um, or, like, they're <laughs> really mad at me, I feel like. Um, something like that, uh, that that term is used. I've, I haven't been called that in a long time. Uh, but at the time, when I was, like, eight or nine, it, that was, it was E-Man was preva- prevalent in, in the vocabulary use. And I think I had chosen E-Man Krazy at first. Um, E-Man, that, cra- I, yeah, I think you're right. Horrid, terrible. 
Was that also your like Minecraft username oh, as well? Probably. I, yeah. I would guarantee I've changed my Minecraft username to, so many times. But, um, <laughs> the the basically it was Eman Krazy for a while, I think. And Krazy, what that came from, if you want to ask what you did. I, um, yeah. Yeah. Who, man. It was <laughs> basically, I was like just looking for like a name to add on, just, just, just searching for a name. And, at that time, I was still very into Legos. Um, my computer engineering building brain was was in, in full throttle at, at that point and had still been building Legos for a long time and came along in Ninjago Lego set. And uh, <laughs> I can see you want to laugh. Yeah. Uh, and and um, so it was a Ninjago set. And out came they, – they at the time, they had been giving out, like, like, playing cards or cards of sorts for the characters in the sets. And so – out came one of the skeletons, like from that from that Ninjago, you know, and his name was Krazy, K R A Z I. Gosh, and that is that is why it's been that. Oh my, Ninjago is infamously known as like the worst Lego set ever. It's so garbage. It's really bad. It's it's like weird, and they've they, they've had a show for it and everything. Uh, you know, I want to be the Green Ninja <laughs> and everything. So you know, um. I I for whatever reason still know the Green Ninja's name. Really, it's, it's Lloyd. Oh, really? Lloyd Garbadon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Um, Why do I remember that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, man, it was Ninjago that started it all. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was how that came along. Yeah, and, you know, recently, as in, like, seventh grade, yep. so not super recently, you had a brand switch. Yep, and now I'm Chainsaw. Yeah, so how did you come up with that name? So at the time, actually, I had, Chris had moved here last day of sixth grade. I remember him moving in. It was a yes, Wednesday. I moved in on, on the last day of sixth grade. And so he'd been there for a while, and so one of his friends, uh, a couple years older than him, that, that lived down in Georgia where Chris had lived before, um, had actually came down to Indy and was hanging out with us for a couple of days. And so he... We, we collaborated a lot. It was my first time to really collaborate with somebody else. And so I was thinking of names that would fit for, like, DJ duos. I think another one of my friends at the time uh, was also thinking about starting music. So I was like, yo, a duo would be sick, um, or just a pair of us doing music together under one name. And so the the idea was, like, in EDM, a lot of times they use X kind of like a, as an ambersand, like, like and. Mm-hmm. And so – you you i put like two names together chain and saw like you know one of us is chain the other one is saw <laughs> yeah i'm edgy like that you know? and so and so um that was kind of the idea at first and then i was i i was like you know whatever and i dropped it the idea because i was like this is stupid you know um because i'm a perfectionist and i wanted it to be cool and so later later comes a time where i'm like dude dj crazy is the stupidest thing i've ever done what am i doing this for and so i i was like i need to change the name real quick and so i was like that idea sounds cool now just all together in one and so it's chainsaw i didn't even at first you know i was kind of like chain x saw chainsaw you can say whatever i still say that to people it's like you can say it as you as you see it except for people that say x chainsaw can you read like like (laughs) it's in the middle of the words it doesn't come first figure it out read a little bit man (laughs) <laughs> um, <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> um, so the you know i i say chainsaw because it's easier to say it's two syllables um it works well for like producer trademarks chainsaw um chain x auto is is like three syllables so it's weird like if i'm putting my my name in like a song or something for like a trademark producer trademark um sounds weird but there's i didn't even know this uh there's a dj that i actually started listening to like a year or two after um i become chainsaw that his name is Ricky San. Ricky San. 
his alias is spelled Ricky X San, like Ricky X S A N San, but it's Ricky San. And so I I didn't even know that there was somebody else with like the same idea as me. Wow. Um, probably not for the same reason, but um, just you know, even together, I was like, wow. So I didn't even know that. I guess that was technically a style. Not alone. Uh, yeah, right. And so um, yeah, that's that's kind of the concept of the name so far is is chainsaw. So how did you kind of get into EDM? So when I moved here back from Connecticut, as we talked about before, um, like probably soon after that, I had met uh, who would become my stepdad, like you said, Seth. And he had introduced me to Skrillex's music. And around 2010, 2011 was Skrillex's big years for Scare Monsters and Nice Sprites and Bangarang, the two big LPs uh, and EPs that he's had out. And that, I heard Skrillex and I was like, what is this? This is crazy. Like, it was like like a very weird mix of like, this is wacky and awesome at the same time. And, and I was just very interested in it from the get-go. And so I think I, I kind of thought like, I probably could be able to do that. I think at the time or, or later I had started doing guitar lessons in, in music theory and I never really pursued it. I didn't put enough effort into it because I like was only wanting to do, excuse me, I burped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> only wanted to do, I only wanted to do electronic stuff. And so I kind of ignored music theory until I kind of had a better understanding more recently, the last couple of years. And so that, that was what kind of got my interest in electronic music. And after that, I, I, it had always been electronic music, but it had been more like house. Initially it was hardcore dubstep and I got kind of bored with that and started listening to like house, like Martin Garrix and, or, or I mean, I was, I was going to list a bunch of people. That's probably your easiest comparison. Animals, that sort of style house, just like club rave, um, very simple electronic music and listen to that for a long time. And then probably sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I'd really gotten into aggressive dubstep again. But also around that time I had been expanding my music interest more and listening to like punk rock and um, going back to classics started listening to blink 182 yeah. again and, and that brought my interest out even wider and listening to a lot of rap um getting into uh, artists and duos like suicide boys and a lot of shadow rap ghost main um just kind of finding a lot more styles that i like and now i listen to so much crap that it's like you know um like <laughs> there's so much music that i listen to punk rock and, and rap and electronic music and some like you know different aspects of maybe even some slight pop music and so it, it, it initially was EDM coming from Skrillex, really, I would say. I, it's really who I owe it to for the inspiration. Do you have any plans to include uh, different sort of genres into your actual music right now? Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I, I have been waiting to push myself to work on like a whole punk rock album. I want I want to do so much with more melodic and emotional things because I, I listen to a lot of emotional music that has like depth to it and, and lyricism in it. Not saying that electronic doesn't because there's a ton of electronic. I can give you so many examples of electronic music that has um, you know, lyricism and depth to it in terms of emotion. Uh, because I, I, I still stick true to the idea that you can do that with electronic music. A lot of people don't think that. But I, I've always wanted to do do something like that and I, I i've had plans i just need to wait until um i i really have a good concept for like a single and once i have a good concept for a single that has lyrics that i'm confident with and, and vocal melodies that i'm confident with that i think is is good and i want to put out that will probably help teach me how i want to do lyricism farther or and how i want to keep doing it and and so that will kind of um turn into something else but um not even punk rock necessarily like just rock and guitar and drums and everything 
blending in with electronic elements as well on top of that. You know, probably some crazy stuff that people haven't heard before. Being unique is a big way of, of getting your name out. So um, just blending a whole bunch of different genres is, is de has definitely been on my mind. On that note, how do you plan on expanding uh, the Chainsaw brand if you even plan on expanding that brand itself? I, I think I do want to stick with the name because I, I talked about uh, this with my that producer friend that I talked about before mm -hmm. um, from, from Georgia that uh, I was talking to him the other day about like basically if I switched uh, my name people would see uh, why would I switch my name now because I, I already have a lot of following locally uh, or, or a lot quote unquote I, I, there's a, people that know me here locally and if I start doing everything now with this name when I still have a little following overall um, people will just know me by doing everything and that won't be a problem when I get big if I get big versus change my name try to do something with that and then I have, i'm balancing two aliases and 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 you know whatever plural word they use for that alias i was no. gonna say that at first i was like mm, yeah. what is this <laughs> um and and so balancing two of those and, and and you're conflicting creative ideas if you do everything under one name um it, you have a lot more creative freedom and a lot more passion driven into it so i i think sticking with that will be the idea so yeah and you know, music has really been a big part of your life for a long time, as you mentioned, and yeah. really that production aspect as well. Uh, as you probably know, you are in 91.3 WHJE, The Voice. The Voice of the Greyhounds. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> um, but <laughs> We weren't outroing that. Yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, that production aspect is a really, really big part of everything that brings 91.3 together, whether it yeah. was the intro that you heard at the very start of the show yeah. 50 minutes ago right or uh going on air right now and hearing along the lines uh ending their show like right now yeah or the 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 transitions the bumpers you hear between yeah. songs that adds um, literally my promos. intro for my my live show that i i did so yeah how has that aspect of you understanding audio in that regard uh how did that transfer into radio well it was helpful because I was able to kind of, uh, I don't mean to brag, I was standing out from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Know, like I yes, was, you were. I was the favorite student of my lab teacher. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I, you're not. I, <laughs> no. And, and uh, the, I, I don't think I was my teacher's favorite student at the time. But regardless of that, I, I was able to take the, the concept of tailoring different ears to different sounds. Music is mixed one way. And I've known that different genres are mixed in different ways, respectively, because you want to emphasize different parts of the music in different ways. Same goes for podcasts or, or even podcasting like this um, or, or bumpers that you hear on a radio. You're emphasizing different parts of audio, yeah. um, whether it be music or sound effects. Um, in, in, in PSAs and stuff like that, your voice is probably going to be the thing that emphasizes through. So you learn, well, OK, how should I mix around vocals rather than mixing the music into it and having like a sorry I hit the mic um I'm, I'm I do a lot with my hands while I'm talking you do um and you know you kind of mix that you, you just figure out a way to, to work around a certain part of work you did it again <laughs> dog <laughs> I mean, you know um the I didn't hit the mic I hit the, the arm so that's it's a lie I know <laughs> uh, it was the arm it was the arm okay I, I'm this is an expensive microphone yes yes it is sir I treat well sort of <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah so 
it's it's just working around different aspects of, of audio and thinking about it as audio, not all as music production. And I think that was kind of what it opened my eyes to. So, yeah. As you may know as well, you are nominated for many awards that we talked about. Trace. Trace. What are those awards? So, number one, Medigini Mixdown. And I don't um, know if you can talk about the other two. We'll talk about National, though. Yeah, we can gladly talk about National because yeah, they're, they're, they're released. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the the IBS Awards 2020, uh, I was nominated for uh, Best Morning Show coming from coming from out of here, uh, out of Carmel, Indiana. Hey. For, yes, sir. WHJE, Best Morning Show, Medigini Mixdown. It's yeah. my, my, my child, one of my children. And uh, was that last year or was that for this one? Uh, what? Oh, no. oh, I'm thinking of Nick. Nick was nominated for Best uh, Morning Show last year. Remember? Yeah, yeah, probably. I didn't actually participate that much last year. Yeah, I was still doing my, my work and, and building up what I wanted my live show to be at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't submit anything. But this year, I've really been pushing the Menegini Mixdown, and I'm proud that I, I was able to get an award for that. I didn't put as much in effort in, as I wanted to or as I should have into actually getting the awards out uh, and doing different things for different award slots, but I'm I'm happy that I, I at least got one thing for Menegini Mixdown, and that was Best Morning Show. Yeah. So um, I'm Rightfully deserved. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. And so then the other two were um, just it, in with you and Harrell and Nick and Chris – for the greatest radio show ever, yeah. which was a thing, and then it wasn't. Whoopsies. Whoopsies. So, <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that one as well, Best Comedy, which is very exciting. I'm pretty funny. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, so that one's nice as well, just uh, my voice in different spots. I think it's nice to, to see that as well. And then graphic design, another thing that I, I do I do like a lot. Just, uh, you know, I'm – I, it, it appears that I'm very artistic and that I do a lot of things with art and things. So music and, and draw, not drawing, but <laughs> constructing computer graphics. So, um, yeah. So I was also nominated for, uh, it was like best promotional poster or something yeah. like that. Cause it went along with best promotional event or best station event, which was last dark of summer, 2019, which I actually time. want to talk about in just a second. Yeah. Um, being the graphics director for that, I submitted the, um, uh, just my one of my posters that I had made. I can't remember which one it was because there was one that was like gra- lacking. Gra- I was gonna say lacking graphically. Um, that was not necessarily lacking. It was a great poster, just that it, there wasn't much going on. It was very basic and and it was basic on purpose. But um, you know, it, it wasn't very eye catching. There was another that I had that was very eye catching. I can't remember which of the two that I ended up picking, but I did get nominated for best poster over there. So that was uh, very cool. Yeah. Very well, cool. so the last Rock of summer was an event that we put on. Last year or the beginning of this year, um, which what? was beginning right? of it's 2020. Oh, beginning of last year, then yes, <laughs> be, be, like, be, beginning of the school year, yeah. Um, okay, you're yes, beginning of this yeah. school year, yeah. yeah. So, on two two episodes ago, I had L. Carlson hop on, mm-hmm. who was really like the the from what everyone could see as like the head honcho of the whole event, right? You could say, yeah, I, I was I, a head honcho. I know, which is what I want to mention. I was so. a, I was one of them. I was the graphics head honcho, yeah. Will, <laughs> sir. Um, so what was that experience like? Being able to put on a alternative rock event with very very little help um, from a lot of people. I think it was a learning experience, actually. Uh, managing almost quote unquote managing people not really but um playing a part in a big event like that having to do more aggressive due dates and things like that putting things in on time doing graphics you know it was it was a lot of guess and check almost um like 
put something, draw something up, see how people react to it. And if people don't like it, you know, that's something that not a lot of people are going to work with. So, or, 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 you know, like, uh, when they see it, be attracted to, you could say. And so just being able to do graphics and, and, and coordinate like t-shirts, merchandise, um, you know, talking about a lot of different things that graphics can still affect, like pricing of merchandise and, and uh, up front and doing posters that people want to see and, and including all these different restrictions and things like that that you have to kind of work with. Um, I think it was a, a very, a very awesome real life work experience in a sense for a long time. And you so, were actually one of the uh, performers during the event as well. That is correct. Chainsaw himself opening up the show. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic I, job. Yeah, thank you, sir. I... I was very happy with that uh, performance, and I forgot to record it because I wanted to record it, but I, I didn't. everyone wanted to record it. And everyone <laughs> <No>. forgot to. <laughs> I well, well, it was on video, but I don't think the audio was working. And this um, event lost in history. <laughs> yeah, I uh, not really. I I wanted to like record the audio like from my computer, but I, I was using the MacBook for the DJing at the time, so I. Uh, it was not going to be able to hold up to the task. Yeah. So, because um, it has crashed before during performances. So I didn't want to end up doing it and risking the perform risking the performance. So um, I had a great time overall doing it. So were you happy with the execution of the event? Yeah. Um, we had. I I guess I don't know what I'm. We wh sold more tickets than we had actual attendees. Yeah. I know that. And um, I mean that, that's probably evident of or, or typical of, of events like that. Yeah. So uh, I thought the turnout was fantastic. Um, not only seeing parents that had been invited to the event, my parents, um, I had seen a lot of my family there. Most, I mean, it was my my parents, my my mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad, and then my my sister was there. So just uh, just seeing my family come out and supporting me was was awesome. Uh, an awesome feeling to see them supporting me in that aspect as well. And and then seeing everybody else being supported by different people, seeing the, the student body coming out and supporting uh, different local acts, I think was the biggest thing. So it was really awesome to see that many people come out. And it was it was a bigger audience that we expected. It, it was a it was a pretty full crowd coming towards the end of the end of the night yeah. uh, with sidewalks performing at the top. So it was it was awesome. What type of culture did we experience at that event? Do you think it was overwhelmingly positive? Yeah, I think it was positive. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was anything short of positive. Mm -hmm. I think it was it was awesome energy. I think everybody's having a good time, as far as I could read, sort of from the my crowd energy at least. Um, <laughs> I think it took a while for people to kind of get used to the, the electronic music, um, but I think once you kind of understand it, or or once I can um, kind of teach myself or, or or think of fun ways and intriguing ways to implement things outside of electronic music, I think. Um, I think it was. I thought it was pretty good, all things considered. Pretty yeah. happy, positive. So, do you think the uh, the culture that we experienced at that really really fun event? Do you think that was very caramel? Did it, did it, did it say caramel to you? Yeah, to me, because I've known you know the other bands, Bizzard Time Band. They have a very uh, a very niche fan base here. I love Carmel. love Bizzard. Love so them. Much. Love them a lot. I love those guys so much. Shout out Bizzard Time. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, in the house, and they. Uh, you know, they had a fantastic performance as well. Blew me away. It was crazy. I was jamming yeah. out backstage uh, and, and then in front of the stage later. Um, the you know, they they have a very niche fan base as, as far as I can observe. Um, like like specific people that that listen to what they do and um, you know, f focus in on them. I guess you could say. 
and um, I don't, they probably have a different take on that than I do. That's kind of what I see from my perspective. Um, but, you know, having a ton of people out there that wanted to come to see Bizard Time and people wanting to see specific local bands was, was I'd say that was a pretty caramel thing. Yeah, I guess I have to have Ethan Galka on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Mr. That, Galka that, or Rex. Oh, I love those Rex guys. Williams, yeah. I love those guys. Matthew, everybody. Matthew. I, I love, yeah. Definitely they're going to be on at one point or another. Yeah. Um, but I am curious. This is really something that I like to ask almost everyone who has lived in Carmel their entire life, which yep. is really kind of everyone that I've interviewed so far. Right. Um, do you think that Carmel, and that's not necessarily just Carmel High School, at Carmel as a city, mm-hmm. do you think that we have an explicit culture? I wouldn't say so. I'd, I'd say there's a mix of, of a whole lot of things around here. Um, you know, coming from the Carmel High School aspect that I can see, I know you said, you know, not just the high school, but that's how I'm going to compare it at, at first. Sure. Is that, you know, like I was, I have so many clubs that I'm a part of. Uh, I mean, technically WHA is a club, quote unquote, even though it's also a class, but, um, you know, that and Computer Building Club or com- what's now Computer Repair Club, uh, you know, whatever, same concept. And, and then Music Producers Club. It's You can see that there are people that share interests, but there's so many different things actually going around and actually happening um, in the scene. So uh, overall, just in the Carmel scene in general. So do I think you, there's a whole lot that goes on culturally. Think, yeah. Do you think how big of a school that we have, do you think that might take away from some aspects of culture that we have? Um, no. All right. I would say that having this big of a school actually pushes a lot of different cultures because you probably have so many different people with so many different interests. So that's what I'd say. Do you think there's an explicit, like, unifying culture that everyone in Carmel shares? Carmel. Carmel. Culture. Carmel yeah. culture. Or, you know, you could be, like, the teachers and say, culture of care. Yeah. That That's that's technically part of it as well. Um, The, you know, you could just say it's the Carmel culture. Yeah. It's... All under one belt. Sort how of. how would you try to describe caramel culture if you could? I don't even know that I can. Yeah. I, I Maybe because I don't even focus on it. I just focus on my own things and kind of outwardly see what other people are doing and, and the other cultures. But, hmm. yeah, I, mm, I don't really know. Sure. Uh, do you think there's any sort of explicit source of culture? I guess examples could be maybe the Chris Kindle Mart. Maybe. Oh, that's totally a caramel thing. Right. Every, I mean, everybody around the, the high school likes going there. I don't mm-hmm. know why anybody goes there, man. What What are you doing? Ice skating? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, the That's a big thing that I know a lot of people go to. Um, possibly careers or, or like, like teenage careers, I mean, in that sense. Like different jobs that people have, you know, uh, friends go visit friends at, at their work and, and vice versa. Those, those friends, inter- you know go to their friends works and whatever i guess um a lot of people say you know come to my job nick works at greeks you know i go and grab pizza from the local pizzeria greeks you know and um i guess you could just say it's kind of like that um it's it's more in a smaller area i couldn't really give a source i couldn't find an answer to the initial question so finding a source for the answer is pretty hard if i didn't have an answer at first so you know so um thinking deeper though it's it's good to think deeper i guess yeah so when i think of caramel culture um and this is just from my experience and i know you you you, you can also attest for this we're in the same grade we've like like i mentioned we've both been second grade and forward together um when we first began as freshmen there was a really really explicit week that everyone oh. can remember. Oh yeah, that being Carmel Hell Week. Yep, Carmel Hell Week. And then following that came the Instagram 
Carmel Hell Week, right? Yes. And recently, I think that Instagram has fallen. I, I honestly can't know because they agree. blocked me. Well, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you not know that they blocked me? Well, you've probably said that before. I just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why they would do that because they, they have like 7,000 followers. That's more than the, 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 the student body, student body um, alone. Um, so, you know, that's... I would say that adds to it. Yeah. If there is a culture. I would say there is, but that de- definitely adds to it because... Not necessarily Carmel, but Carmel High School, if if at first. And um, that, like, literally, like, having that big of a following and stemming from those events uh, or coming out of those events and, um, like, sharing basically comedy about everything that, that the students know about uh, that quickly with that, that informatively, I guess you could say, um, was very fun. I would agree that they've fallen off lately. Mm-hmm. I think it's because the guy that, that, um, that had initially run the account the first time had graduated. Um, so kind of had to like hand it off to somebody right. who actually still in Carmel sure. and was more aware, but obviously it didn't happen too much of it. So um, now it's just a living legend. Um, so, do you think that it's a good thing for students to be making fun of their school to <laughs> get by through the day? Um, I well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily making fun of the the school per se. You could say it's it's poking fun or, or teasing. <laughs> you could say it's light. Um, making fun. So did you um, think it was not as um, explicit as some people may make it out to be? Well, I, th- yeah, totally not. Right. I think, I think, you know, the, I guess it's, it's kind of a unique thing. I think a lot of people can make jokes about it and still appreciate the school. I, I love the school so much. Yeah, me I, too. I, it has done so much for me opportunity wise um, in so many different ways and, and, and other things wise, you know, and you can you can poke fun at everything in Carmel because we've been here for three years and, and we'll be going for four, um, and so hopefully and so the you know just being able to poke fun at it every now and then is 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 probably a, a good thing um, just to you know laugh casually and and go along. I mean memes in general are are a big part of you and me oh, in, yeah. in our age. Oh um, yeah, and so that to to in, implement that through the school and, and kind of take a a quick laugh at it's something that you know somebody did you know somewhere or something like that you know um i think everybody still supports each other hopefully um for people to just completely trash the school um if that's the that were to be the mood i think it's kind of unfair um Mm -hmm. so you know it it depends and you know personally based off of really kind of the actions and the posts that crumble hell week has made right i don't think it was a very at least from their kind of idea yeah was not made to be nice and i think it was made yeah. from a point of really discontent there was it was one... de- it definitely did come out of a point of discontent because they were like doubt everybody was totally in doubt mm. of like what is happening right and, now. and and we were freshmen at that yeah time, so that... we like didn't really know at all what was going we on were horrified <laughs> yeah so yeah but you know it there there are two th- points that stick out for me one is a post and there goes my mouse nice. um one is a post, and then one is uh, the Friday of the quote-unquote convocation, right? Oh, yeah. And my intro really kind of makes not, – not makes fun of that. I didn't take it as a point to make fun of it. But when Dr. Harmis went on the announcements and sat down and talked about everything, I there was a lot of shaky area in that. Cause in, in him talking? In in his addressing of it, because he made it out to be a joke, right? Uh, and literally almost half the student body, based off of the numbers that aren't released, it looks like half of the stu- I know from my personal experience, which is 
anecdote, anecdotal ev- ev- evidence, uh, doubtfully. Right. But um, almost, I feel like almost half half the student body was not present that day, and for him to just they, they, they were talking about puppies, right? Oh yeah, and you're like, um, yeah, and we also thought that there was a shooting threat, and then this is also coming out of the events that uh there were there was a student apprehended for um attacking a girl right and then there was uh, another student who was apprehended uh multiple fights and he doubted the legit the, the legitimacy of the fights um and then the post that i mentioned as well was uh, uh i really can't talk about it because it's really explicit but i mean it's it's you know stemming from stemming from a place of, of hardship you could say um to be able to find a positive out of it, n- maybe being laughing at, at something, a, a joke a little bit, is mm-hmm. still uh, a very light positive. And I think finding positives out of that is probably important for something that was as, as catastrophic as, as of a week as we had at that yeah. point. So that could be the idea of it. Um, you know, I guess it, it also it all depends how you look at it. That was you, you could consider that insensitive. I don't really care. But, um, you know, the, it's like if you find everybody was in, in doubt of what was happening and probably unaware of things that were happening. So to be able to just everybody's sad and let down by, by things that are happening or scared um, for them to come out of it or for whoever it was to come out of it and um, just kind of be able to have people laughing around something a little bit. Uh, it's probably maybe a good thing yeah. in a certain light, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that, you know, kind of really stems from this generation as well. Yeah. Um, the, memes are everywhere. And yeah. it's a good thing. I love memes. I love memes, too. I love um, memes. And I think there is, uh, as you know, time goes by that there's really a deeper meaning behind, you know, memes and stuff. Where yeah. I would say so. They are definitely jokes, but at the same time, we're laughing because we're a little bit scared. Yeah. Um, we don't know what's happening. <laughs> so. We don't ha- know what's happening government, in our school. Like, we <laughs> really don't. But Leave it to the adults, and then, well, now we're about to be adults, so it's like, well, it's, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, we're, it's it's game over, man. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement, where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, and I've got like, you know, 300 and, you know, well, 400 some <laughs> days left till I got to figure out what I'm yeah. doing, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, Mr. Mangini. It's good to laugh at everything. So. This has been my longest podcast yet with good. one I hour. forever. Yeah, and you really filled up our time slot today good i'm so, glad i did yep. um hopefully it's not too much of a burden for no. you but you know what you asked to interview me so you got me <laughs> so <laughs> you're welcome ethan i'm more than happy that you came on today thanks so much for stopping by thank you for having me will fantastic now i just gotta grab my stupid mouth yeah. ow son of a nutcracker Alrighty, everybody, that was the show today. I am more than happy that you showed up today, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, Ethan, thanks so much for stopping by today. I really do appreciate the interview, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but anyways, if you're looking for more Carmel Conversations news, like I mentioned at the very top of the podcast, you can tune in through Instagram. That is at Carmel underscore Conversations. I post a lot of news up there, new podcasts, new ideas that I have floating around, new subjects for interviewers. You can always interact with me through that Instagram channel. But also, make sure you are following to the SoundCloud as well, because that's where you get to know when I have something new up and running, because I might just post something someday, and you aren't going to know unless you're following me on SoundCloud. All right, guys, thanks so much for stopping by. I will see you next week for another fantastic interview. Until then, enjoy your week, and stay awesome, Carmel.